I think that everybody's forgot. Super important that we remember. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another installment in the Indeed and In Truth Ministries podcast series. I'm Logan. I'm Amber. And we are here to talk about stuff out of the Bible. So, um, <laughs> really? Yeah, we're here to we're here to have faith conversations and and talk about faith related objects and things. So, before we do that, Amber, do you want to give them a spiel about where they can reach out to us, or do you even remember it? Uh, you can get a hold of us on Instagram. You can get a hold of us on Facebook. You can also get a hold of us on our uh, website, um, uh, Indeed and in Truth Ministries dot org. Yeah, there's still money in the account, so the website's still <laughs> up and running for right now. But it is coming close. We might have to put a free site up for a little while. But uh, no, we just wanted to jump back in here. I know we've had some inconsistent recordings. Uh, over the last few weeks, but we've been trying to get adjusted to new recording software that is just really not working out for me. Uh, I want my Pro Tools back. <laughs> I really, really want my Pro Tools back. So come next year, one way or another, we will have it back because I cannot stand recording like this. Uh, it drives me crazy, and I do not like the editing process at all. Um, but at the end of the day, I still got to be grateful that we can at least do it. So um, We've had a huge audience fall off, I think. People haven't been listening as often, but for the couple of people who still are listening, thank you for listening and continuing to support us silently. Well, um, it was kind of our fault because we did just kind of fall off the face of the earth. Well, we did, and, and I tried to give an explanation for that, but, I mean, it's the best I got. You know, I'm not going to apologize for it. You get busy, you get busy, and sometimes you got to make decisions about... You know, everybody would think, some people might think, oh, well, they're just not doing ministry stuff. Like, no, the problem is, is because we've got so much of it that we get involved with with our church, let alone what we do on our own. So, like, sometimes we have to make a decision about which one we're going to do. And we we have to rest and sleep and take care of ourselves and make sure we remember to handle family and all those things, too. So, I don't know. Were you just ready to just jump in? Yeah. Um, What I want to talk about today uh, and if you're somebody who's just joining us for the first time and you're listening to us or whatever, you know, we, we're in a general conversations right now. We're just having general conversations about faith-related topics. We're not really on a specific series or anything at the moment. But we are talking about today, um, Jesus's, according to the Gospel of John, Jesus's last uh, interactions with his disciples before he was taken and crucified on the cross. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to talk about the foot washing and we're going to talk about... Um, some things that he thought was super important. Um, and, you know, and, and, I th- and I say this because I think about Jesus. You know, there's many things Jesus said. Uh, and in the King James Version of the Bible, it says, verily, verily. Um, or that was another way for him to try to, you know, another way the writer was trying to describe what it was that he was saying was very important, that you needed to listen to what he said. Um, because it was important in his, he wanted his disciples to know that that was important. Right. So Amber, what, 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 what's your insight? Um, I mentioned it to you earlier today about John and uh, we were going to talk about this. So what's some stuff? Well, that you unfortunately I didn't get to John, but I read all the other ones. So I went through, um, from Matthew into Mark and Luke and I read those three and I was just finishing Luke when the kids had came out to the car. So, um, but I, uh, I mean, I thought it was kind of interesting because all of them were told differently and they added just enough detail in each of them that made it just a little bit more. You know what I mean? 
like Luke went into a whole conversation that he had had during that Mark and um, Matthew did not. And then Ma- uh, Matthew and Mark, they had put something in there that Luke did not, like about the woman who had dumped the oil on his, on Jesus's head. So I thought it was super interesting. During the dinner? Yeah. It was the during the Passover, the unleavened. Yeah, no, I was just thinking about um, I was thinking about the lady who poured the oil on his feet, and washed, or dried it off with his feet and stuff like that. Because John records that instance right before this see, dinner I didn't really took see place. See that one because I was yeah. looking for. Yeah, no, this he she now she did that in John's gospel right before this dinner took place because this was supposed to be the Passover meal they ate. Well, I did find it interesting because after the woman had dumped that expensive perfume on Jesus's head, um. There was like a little kind of like a convert, like a little argument in our, what we would call an argument that took place. Well, that that could have been used for um, money to spend on the poor and stuff. And and then like right after that and every single one of them and, and it didn't change in any of them, like every single Mark, Matthew, Mark and Luke, they all three said it right after that was when Judas had went and betray Jesus. So I thought that was super interesting. Well, if you look in John earlier before this, before uh, chapter 13, you look at that, Judas was already looking for the opportunity to um, betray Jesus to the uh, Jewish leaders at the time. And he was, he was well on his way to doing it. He was already prepared to do it. He was just looking for the right opportunity. And after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, uh, the remainder of Jewish leaders in that day that had some doubt in their heart, um, they finally converted and they said, no, this is the Messiah. You know, how, how could else could you deny the power that he walks in? Yeah. You know, um, I've heard some stories about men of God over the years in America that has walked in something very similar. Um, I don't remember who the pastor was or who the minister was, but he was actually accounted uh, 56 people that God used him to raise from the dead. So 56 people. Jesus said, greater works will you do, and the works that I do you'll do, but then you'll do greater. And if you look throughout the Gospel of John, up until that point, there was never a prophet or um, maybe not necessarily a prophet, but how they described it was there has never been a man who has ever been able to open the eyes of the blind. See, it was pretty regular um, for people to get healed of leprosy, for people to get healed of tumors and all kinds of things. They did have those kind of things happening all the time. But um, apparently we know one thing because in, in their society, blind people wore special clothing that identified them as blind. So for whatever reason, except the only other instance we're given, which is at the pool of Bethesda, where the angel would come down in a season and would touch the water and people would get into the pool and get healed. But outside of that, we don't have any other recording right. of anybody blind or, you know, halt or maim or any of those kinds of things ever being healed outside of Jesus's ministry. We don't see it. You see what I'm saying? So what I want to draw attention to is because, yeah, that was part of his frustration and his annoyance and stuff like that was because, you know, and not just that, but also the multiplication of the food, the miracle where he multiplied the food. A king that could feed people, Endlessly like that was, I mean, they were going to take him. Actually, I think a couple of the Gospels recorded that, that they were going to take him and make him king. They were going to force him into power, and they were going to make sure, because a king that would be able to take away starvation would be 
<laughs> you know, you'd never want for another day in your life. Right. And Jesus recognized that, and he hid himself from them because he knew what they wanted to do. And actually, there's a couple of different instances in John alone where Jesus, uh, the the writer John, he makes the comment about how Jesus knew what was in man. He knew he couldn't trust man because he knew the heart of man. He knew what that guy, you know, just people were capable of uh, in any given instance. So um, let's talk about, uh, you know, Jesus comes in, right? They're getting ready for the Passover. Uh, John, John's gospel really gives a really good insight. Um, and I've been reading a copy of it out of the living Bible and it's just been really interesting because, you know, I've read it a a bunch, but I've never really, I've never really looked at it with chronological time orders and stuff like that, because, you know, sometimes they write very sporadically. And so they talk about different things, uh, in the old Testament or in the new Testament and stuff like that. And they're not chronicle. Sometimes they're you know, okay, well, there was this time this happened, and, oh, I remember this one time this could have happened. You know what I mean? Like, we do that when right. we tell stories now. But we don't necessarily deal with, um, you know, maybe... So, so I don't know about timelines. That's not what I'm getting at. But we do know that somewhere in time, Jesus has got his disciples together, and actually, earlier in this chapter, it makes a mention about how they had come together... Um, and they were back in an area or something like that because they were there because there was a dinner that was put together in, in the honor of Jesus uh, because he had raised Lazarus from the dead. And so what ends up happening is, you know, they go in, they have this meal, they do all this stuff, um, and somewhere along the line they end up and they're having the last meal. And Jesus had already perceived it in his heart. He knew this is the last meal that he's going to have with these guys because tomorrow's his last day on earth. Like tomorrow he's going to die. And so he knew that was coming. Right. And so he sits down and he, you know, he talks with them. And as he's sitting there, he gets up from the table when he finishes his food and he takes his robe off and he puts a towel around himself and he starts to wash his disciples' feet. You know, David's last words to Solomon before he died was, um, he said, show thyself a man and serve God. You know, have you ever noticed like when someone knows that their time's coming, they have everything to tell you. Oh, yeah. They've got everything to share with you. They want you to know whatever it is in that moment that they found was the absolute most relative, they're going to tell you about it. And sometimes it's stuff that to me or you probably wouldn't even matter. But to them it means everything. So if we can, we can identify with that, we can recognize that, and we see that in a natural sense, what would make you think that Jesus was any different? Right. And so as he's washing his disciples' feet, this is after the fact that he's already perceived his last day on earth is going to be tomorrow. Now, this was out of the Living Bible translation, but I'm reading out of the King James right now. But he had already perceived. He already figured it out. He already knew that this is it. This is done. And so in verse 13, it says, you call me master and Lord, and you say well. For so, oh, I'm sorry. It says, you say well, for so I am. So what he's saying is, you call me master and Lord, and you do well because that's who I am. He said, if I then, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, you also are to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. That was what he found, and he he did continue to talk a little bit more. Actually, one of the final things he says to them um, and it was down in verse 34. He said, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you would also love one another. And by this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have one love for one another. That was one of the final things 
that he mentioned. There's there's a handful of things that he talked about, but we I'm not trying to cover them all right now. These are just some that really stuck out to me today as I was reading on this and was studying some of this. Because what Jesus is saying is two of the most important things, one of two of two of many in things that he said, because he even talked about um my Bible has it written out, it's called Jesus the way to the Father. Uh, how he's the vine and the branch. And there's some more things that he had shared with them, but what he was trying to get them to understand was as long as he was here on the earth, he was no good. It needed to be done. You know, he has to give himself up because, you know, Peter is like, oh, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. He says, you know, this day you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows even once. And so one of those things Jesus said is that you serve one another. He said that was that was important, right? And I'm only thinking about this from the stance that these are the last things he said before he gave up the ghost. And actually, we could even go a step further than that, and we could even say the very one of the last things he said is, "Forgot Father, forgive them; they do not know what they do." What did Paul say? He said, "If they'd have known they were crucifying the Lord of Glory, they never would have crucified him." You know, if Satan Satan thought killing him would have taken care of his problem, <laughs> killing him just made his problem ten times worse. Right. Because he sealed eternity up for us. So now Satan can no longer, you know, he can he can buff it and fight you all you want while you're here. But once you cross over, that's it. He ain't got nothing on you anymore. But that's one thing he said. And the other thing he said was that your love, that you love one another. So two things, two two most two important things Jesus found here was that you love people and that you uh, that you serve them. Right. Go ahead. You have I to was just gonna say that mine has a footnote for the um, that exact verse. Is uh, I've been using Bible Hub, but it has a footnote. It says the key to understanding this is in the under. And the other statements about love is to know that this love was originated from the word agape is not much of an emotional matter but it is of doing things for the benefit of the other person that is having an unselfish concern for one another and a willingness to seek the best for one another right kind of like how i go and work all day so that you can have a pretty house to sit in (laughs) that's agape love amber unselfishly It's agape love. I'm just saying. You look good sitting in it, though. Okay. <laughs> it would look weird if you weren't here. I think it would be very uh, big and lonely if I wasn't here. That's true. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, that's what I wanted to focus on. You know, this is what Jesus, these are things that he found important. And we could go and talk on, you know, he even goes on and he says, he's talking about how him and the Father are one and how if you abide in him, that he'll abide in you. And he goes on and he gives, there's all kinds of more things, I guess we could say. Uh, He warns about persecution. Um, And then, uh, you know, we can go even further and it says that he's telling them, like, hey, I've overcome the world. He's going to turn sorrow into joy. You know, he's he's giving everything left. Like there's another like four or five chapters we could go through, three chapters at least, because in chapter 17 is the notorious. See, I should have just read John because... It, it looks like that one has the most detail of it. Well, and that's John's account for the gospel was always always kind of been intriguing because John's account of the gospel was that um, it was very personal. Now, I'm not 100% sure. I would have to look, but I actually think John that was on Patmos that wrote Revelation wrote the gospel of John. And if I'm not mistaken, I want to say John was his brother. So he had, and I could be wrong, but I remember he had a brother named John, but I don't remember 
if this is the same John or if this is a different John, but I'm pretty sure it's the same John. And so if it is the same John, you know, he had a very intimate you know, that was his brother. The brother. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was his brother. That was, you know, we think about our siblings and stuff like that and the things we're willing to do for them, you know, because we know there's one uh, gospel that talks about how Jesus looked off the cross and he said, you know, uh, he, he referred to one of his disciples and said, this is your mother. These are your brothers. You know, and he was like telling them. And really what I think he was trying to get them to understand is like, look, I'm gone. I'm done here. I'm going. Yeah. You know, you guys are responsible for taking care of each other now. Um. You know, and we don't have to talk about, we don't have to get into what Jesus did after the fact. I'm just trying to point out that what he found was important. These are the things that he seen was important as he was getting ready to go up, as he's getting ready to end it all. You know, and then at the end of everything, he still said, Father, forgive him. So we know that Jesus is, you know, while he was here on the earth before he left, loving people was important. And he thought it was important enough that we understood we needed to love each other. Right. He also thought it was important that we learned how to serve one another. Why do we know that? Well, we do have another account in one of the Gospels where the disciples were arguing and fighting amongst themselves because one of them thought they were going to be better than the other. And then they said, Master, who is it that's the greatest in heaven? And the Bible said that he took a child and sat the child down. He said, if you cannot be like this child, I think that's the same description i was actually just reading that so give me just a second and i'll find it okay because i was just thinking about i was just kind of thinking about that because he he made a comment about that i don't know if it was the same situation or not but um you know he said if you're not going to be like this child and you know we need to have a childlike faith and we need to be um we need to be open but you know you think about how kids just, they absorb everything we say to them and everything that we say over them and stuff. So that's how we've got to be when God speaks those kinds of things over us. That also has to be whenever we read something like this out of the Bible. You find it? Yeah. It is Luke 22, 24. Now, of course, I'm reading out of Amplified. So it says, Now a dispute also among them as to which of them regarded to be the greatest. Jesus said to them, the king of the Gentiles have absolute power and Lord over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. But it is not to be this way with you. On the contrary, the one who is greatest among you must become like the youngest and the least privileged, and the one who is the leader, like the servant, needs to become like the servant who for who is the greater the one who reconciles at the reclines at the table not reconciles the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves it is not the one who reclines at the table but i am among you as the one who serves and then it goes on down and so we could take that and string that into leadership concepts and all kinds of things you know if you if you if serving is beneath you, then you have no business being in leadership. No. And that was probably one thing. You know, Jesus is about to release the twelve disciples, and they're about to go from disciples to apostles real fast. Like <laughs> that's what's about to happen. And it's gonna happen in three days. You know what I'm saying? Jesus is sitting there. I mean, really, maybe four days if you think about the day he died. 
Right. I don't really know how you want to count those times, but you know, Jesus is probably thinking like, man, these boys need help. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I've already, he's like, I already seen how much they fight when I'm here. How much you think they're gonna fight when I'm not here? <laughs> and so he's probably looking at that. But these, this is things that he found important enough to say, like, hey. And I find it that this was probably the most important. And the reason I say, the only reason I say that is because it's the first thing he did. Right. The first two things he did before he continued to teach and, and, and talk to them more, he said, you need to learn how to serve each other. And then you need to love each other because that's how people are going to know that you're my disciples by your love. So those, those, in my opinion, that's why I said they're the most important is because it's the first two things that he did after this dinner finishes. You know, he, he was trying to make sure they understood like, Hey guys, you know, you guys can't be fighting and tearing each other up while you're about ready to start building a church. Well, it, well, it's not even just during that dinner that he was talking about that because even before that, when he was talking about the woman who had poured the oil on his head and, and now I know, like I was reading the thing, but um, he had said, you know, leave her alone. You know, what she's doing for me right now is a great gift. Well, actually, and, and then you go into John, he actually told him, he said, hey, this is a preparation for my burial. He said, you'll always have the poor with you, and you'll always be able to help them. You know, right. But he knew, Judas, he knew Judas wasn't thinking about it like that. Judas was one, actually, the, the Gospel of John also records that Judas was the one who was in charge of their finances uh, for the disciples and stuff like that and for their group whenever they traveled, and he used to dip into it all the time. And take stuff out of it and take things out of it and take things out of it to do things for himself. So, you know, one of those things was that he wanted them to understand, like, you guys got to learn how to, to, to serve, you know? You can't be a great leader if you can't learn how to serve. Right. Because if you want to be a great leader outside of the authority of God, then you really, the only thing you've done is build a cult. You haven't even built a church at that point. You know, you did it outside of God. You did, you know, and yeah, you might be successful and have all these great things that's going to follow you, but... You know, the Bible also tells us that all of our works are going to be tried. Right. I was about to say, who are you doing it for? Are you doing it for yourself or are you doing it for God? What well, it really comes down so to at that all point. It's, gonna, it's all going to be tried. It's all going to be tried against fire, and fire is going to burn up. And the Bible tells us that it'll burn up the works, and if they make it through it, then guess what? You can receive reward. But if not, the Bible does tell us that your soul will be saved, but your works will be gone. So you're going to suffer a loss of reward. You know, he says, take care, take heed, because you can build on no other foundation except that foundation, which is Christ. That's all we've got, you know. If without, without, without Jesus' death, we, we you know, and, and, and these are the concepts, like, and I'm sure probably there was, like, basic understanding about how some of these things worked and stuff like that. But just listening to how Jesus interacted with the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and stuff like that, I cannot imagine that most of them even understood some of these things. Right. You know, and just because of how hard he would hit them, especially when it come to leadership, you know, Paul even said it. He said, we're going to have the greater damnation. There's a greater judgment against leadership. Why? Because you were responsible for teaching God's word to the people. You were responsible and you had a message. There was something in you that was supposed to be used to give it to other people. Right. And if you chose to shut that up from them or if you abused it, you know, Jesus paid a price for you to have it. And once you've been awoken to it and you're aware of it, it's time to walk in it. Right. We know God's not going to take your gifts from you because no. the gifts of God are without repentance. But it doesn't mean that you can't be burned up and suffer loss of reward for it. Why would you want to go through your whole life just scooting across the edge of your seat trying to get there? 
hoping you make it, you know? So I just thought that, for me, that was just really interesting. As I was looking at that today, we was talking about it. <laughs> You've been really heavy on that. And it's so funny because, like I said the other day when you were talking about that, you know, one of my favorite preachers, he said, he said you can't be a doobie. He says, you got to be a be-do. He says, you can't do to be. You got to be to do. <laughs> right. So when you say that, I just, I remember that. And it just cracks me up. But Well, and that's the tough part right there is because we... Like, we struggle serving. We want to be in the spotlight. You know, we want everybody to see what we're doing, and we get really upset when people don't recognize us, you know? And leaders, if you're someone who's in leadership and you listen to us, I strongly encourage you to remind those that serve you and serve around you how much you appreciate them because you're burning them out. Whether you want to admit it or not, and you might say, oh, well, we like to do this for them. Oh, we might break. You know what? A pack of donuts does not make seven months of dealing with somebody's mess, okay. That is the most insincere thing I've ever seen leadership do, and that drives me absolutely nuts. Jesus did not walk in and hand people a pack of donuts. (laughs) He didn't. And I'm not against donuts. I like donuts. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's, it's silly that we think that that's just adequate for the level of service that people provide to the church leadership. We just think that's that's okay. That's enough. Oh, well, we just got you guys donuts last week. I thought we appreciated you. You didn't even touch it because they've given everything to see the vision completed. You know, we, just remember, there are people around you, and you're burning them out, and you need to make sure that you are showing them as much appreciation and love as they give you. They might not be the one with the vision. They might not be the one who can execute everything in the vision but they play a part. So that's one thing I think that he was really pointing out here. And you could take that because we could talk leadership just off of this alone. Oh yeah. You know, I could sit here for probably two hours and talk about leadership just off of these two alone, because I've been, I spent a lot of time in, in roles of leadership. You know, I do it from work. I do it at home. I do it with church stuff. I do it in our ministry stuff. You know, I've spent most of my adult life in a role and really even as a teenager, I spent a lot of time and leadership, and and leading people, or influencing people to some degree, and so, you know, if that's anything that I've learned over the years, even before I got saved, you know, you can't just expect everybody else to just do something that you're not willing to do, you know, they have no respect for you, you gain the respect of your workers, and then they'll work harder for you when it comes down to it, you know, anybody who knows about working in a factory or something like that where they got to make a quota, Man, if your workers respect you or they respect what you're about and they know that you're not going to be fake towards them, you know, man, they will give you 130% every time you ask them for it. Uh, it's just like when I was working fast food and I was in management, that was a big thing. Was my my crew, I didn't have the problems that other managers had because my crew would get in either. there, they'd get their job done, they'd get it out on time. We had like the best times always on my shift. And why you think that is? Because they knew I was going to put in just as much effort as they were putting in. Well, and that's the big thing right there. You know, we got to remember that at the end of the day, we have to know those that we labor amongst. And I'm not just saying from a ministry to ministry relationship standpoint, I'm saying from, you know, you just being a pastor or something like that, and you've got a worship leader, you've got children's pastors, if you've got, you know, uh, ushers, all those kinds of people, know those people that you labor amongst. You know, there might be that one guy who is just cool with getting a donut. 
might be. Doesn't mean that the lady who's had, uh, you know, three kids and she's struggling with her weight wants a donut as appreciation. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, know who you labor amongst. Be there for them. Well, in Proverbs, it says know your flock. So So just, 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 I'm just, and I'm not yanking anybody for it. And I'm not targeting anybody with it. I'm just saying, know them. You know, uh, some people me and Amber's worked with in the past, like I've kind of cut off on some things and nobody's heard anything. And they're coming around like, well, we was like going a hundred miles an hour. And all of a sudden we slowed down. I said, yeah, we did. Because I know what it's like to be in your shoes running a hundred miles an hour. And whether you like it or not, sometimes you're going to get stopped by me and I'm going to put a halt to everything because it's time for us to focus on something else. Well, we got to reach kingdom stuff. I know we got to get kingdom stuff done, but kingdom stuff getting done is not going to do me any good if you're running on half a tank. Because I haven't given you time to refresh. I haven't given you time to study up or pray up or anything like that. You know, even Amber knows I don't run in seasons for two or three years in a go. I might burst in a few months. And after a few months, I start pulling back from some of it again. And then I have things that we do more regularly. But, you know, it's just... You you have to you have to know this is this is not about getting to the end. This is about taking our time, and God is more interested in our character and our integrity over our calling. So let's remember that you know that's I, I, like I said. I just think those were two very important points that Jesus wanted us to know about. If not, do then know about. Right. I mean, if we ain't gonna do it, we ain't gonna do it. You know what I'm saying? That's that's on us. But well, I mean, if you don't do it, that's on like you said on you and. If you don't do it and you know about it, you can never say that you didn't know. So that being said, you know, I know it's tough because we're sitting here talking about loving people and serving people. And some people who don't uh, see that on a regular basis in a Christian's life, they they don't um, feel like that person's being genuine. So if you're one of those people today and you're listening to us, um, you know, I promise you that not every Christian is the same and people mature differently. And people grow spiritually different at different paces. And so if you're seeing those kinds of things um, out of Christians that are around you, you know, and you're not saved, what I would encourage you to do is get saved and then show them how to do it right. So that's something you could do. Um, me and Amber every now and again will be bickering about something like that. And, uh, you know, it's like, well, then you do it right. And then you show them how to do it and quit complaining about it, you know. You know, that's that's it. That's all you got. So, you know, if you're one of those people, we want you to pray this prayer with us, and we're going to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus today um, or anybody else who's listening. And if this has reached you or touched you, you know, this is our hope and our, our calling that we would reach this place, serve each other and love one another. Um, you know, we're not bound in sin anymore. We can do this, and we can do it without having a stained conscience. Um, so let's just, we're going to, I just want you to repeat this prayer after me. And I'll have Amber pray us out. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I ask for Jesus to come into my life as Lord and Savior. Father, I I release my past and I submit myself under you and make you Lord of my life. And from this day forward, I live for you because you died for me. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you accepted Jesus, please reach out to us and tell us. We want to know about it. Get a hold of us on our contact tab on our website, um, indeedandintruthministries.org. So uh, with that being said, Amber, I'm going to have you pray us out. 
Heavenly Father, I just come to you right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for this word. I ask, Lord, that it wouldn't fall on deaf ears. Lord, that you would just show us how to be, how to love like you did, Lord. We we ask that you would show us to love each, how to love each other in a deeper way because you loved us first, God. And we just give you praise for that, God. And I just thank you for everybody that is listening today. And I just give you praise for them as well. And I ask that you would bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, guys, join back in next week, and we will have another exciting episode.